You are listening to a podcast from Backstage on the Fringe.com. Hi, and welcome to episode 12 of the Backstage on the Fringe podcast. The quality and number of circus acts on the Fringe increases every year, and I spoke to Hannah Moisala from Lumo Company about her show, Wiredo. My name is Hannah Moisala, and I'm from Finland. Uh, my company is called Lumo Company, and my show is Wiredo. Hannah, thank you very much for talking to Backstage on the Fringe. How has Fringe 2018 started for you? <gasps> Busy, hectic, scary, funny, um, great moments, great food, a lot of people, rainy days, warm days, few tears also, but really? mostly fun, yeah. What can an unsuspecting Edinburgh audience expect from your show? They, you mean what do what they will see or expect from yeah. my? Um, they are gonna see Taiwan dancing, shibari art, which is the old Japanese rope art, combined together as a contemporary circus show, forty-five minutes show. How long has this show been in development, and uh, when did you first decide you were going to bring it to the fringe? Um, the show premiered. 2016 uh, and on that year I had the premiere and none other shows on that year um, but before it premiered it took me two years to complete the whole show all together and um, to coming to Edinburgh Fringe I've been trying to come here I tried to come here already last year but I didn't succeed because of the all the money and funding issues and stuff like that um, and this year I managed to come are you having fun at the Fringe? Huh? Are you having fun at the Fringe? Oh my God, so much fun. So much fun. I cannot wait what the whole month is going to You were bring. telling me earlier that this is your, your first Fringe. What has surprised you most about it? Uh, the people are friendly. No, let's, it's not a surprise that the people are friendly. I'm surprised about the loving atmosphere what is surrounded here people are actually friendly obviously people are also getting a lot of exposure about the shows and everybody's trying to sell their show um but the loving atmosphere is really warming that's really nice i came to see the show last night and absolutely loved it it is a spectacle um i felt a whole range of things as i left the theater uh I was listening to the audience as they left and they were very, very complimentary. One of the questions that I had was, the equipment that you use looks extremely complex and extremely large. Tell me about the logistics of moving that around the world when you're delivering this show. Oh, my loving tight wire. <laughs> so the whole structure, what I use in the show, is called freestanding tight wire. And um, the whole idea when I started to structure the show, I decided to use that structure because I wanted to get to the theatres and outside venues where I don't need the rigging boards what I normally are required for the using the tight wire. Right. Um, the structure is amazing. It folds in three pieces and it goes inside the box. Well, the box is quite big and heavy, 300 kilos altogether, but that travels in my van or it goes with the cargo, with the plane or crank cargo. And how long does that take to set up well 
a various time. Usually the whole show takes time, like eight hours to get into the theatre. But because we are at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, we need to adjust. So we do get in quite quickly. And lucky enough, at the venue, we managed to keep the whole structure all all together. So like it's built it up already before we go there. So we don't take it down every night. It's behind the curtains. Don't, don't tell anyone, but it's over there. It's an intensely physical performance. Does that take a toll on you personally throughout a month of performances? Yeah. Um, well, having this long run and having only one day off, it's, it is a challenge to me. But um, obviously, I need to keep good condition with my body and go to the um, massage and uh, stretch every night. And yeah. Do you, uh, in terms of physically performing, I, I don't want to give too much away about the show because I think when you come and see a show, you should accept it for what it is and let it speak for itself. Um, but you mentioned earlier on that there's there's rope work involved in this uh, and a great deal of that involves you um, tying rope to yourself. And that looked painful. Is it, is it painful? It is a little bit, yeah. I have to admit. Um, you get used to it. Your body get used to it. Um, but because I hang on the wire, I hang on the ropes as well. Yeah, there's several or some of the parts of my body where the rope always goes in the same place. Right. Yeah, but it's circus also. So no pain, no cane. I uh, mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> where did the, the theme come from of involving rope work into this performance? Sorry? Where did you get the idea to involve rope work in this performance? Yeah, so the wire itself is iron wire, so hard. And it, it's the relationship of love and hate because the balance is every day different. It doesn't matter how much you train. It's different every day anyway. Um, I started to um, um, research about ropes and I hang three ropes underneath my wire originally. This is maybe three years ago already. And I was playing with them and trying to get some ideas and doing what could I do with this and I fell in love with the softness of the ropes and I was like oh my god this could be something soft ropes and the hard wire and the whole idea sprung from there but uh, eventually the ropes are not softer I'm yeah promising you yeah. <laughs> they, they do look very they, they move in an unusual way when you manipulate them on stage they don't seem like the kind of fairly traditional cord type ropes are they where do you get this equipment from um, well, the ropes are original shibari ropes. They are hemp. Um, I ordered them online with my shibari master who, who taught me through this art form. And then the tight wire is built in France from, uh, from a guy who used to be a tight wire dancer who is now retired. Uh, so he built this structure to me. The, the, the structure moves an incredible amount, way more than, than I expected. I thought this will be fairly rigid and then there'll be the tight wire, because again, I'm, not, I'm new to the art form. Uh, how do you cope with that movement? Because you're causing that movement on the tight wire, but it, it did shift an awful lot more than I thought it would. How do you cope with that night after night? Yeah, um, that's a little bit difficult. I mean, it is a freestanding tight wire, so it's not similar, it's not totally the same as the normal rig would be with the A-frames and stuff. Um, you just need to get used to it. It's not a nice feeling every day because if you're unsure or your balance is not all the time over there. But 
yeah, you get used to it a little bit by bit every day, and uh, the yeah, adjusting. I was I was struck by some circus acts you go and see. They are a series of either tricks or pieces or or, or um, sketches that are connected together, almost by the fact that they're in a show. Can you say, without giving anything away, can you say a little bit about the structure and narrative that flows within this piece? Strong visuality. Um, I think it's about all people personally, what they can see in the show, if they can see a storyline or if they cannot see. But it does get complicated with the ropes. So it's a story about... I don't want to give away. Uh, no, that's yeah. the thing. I'm so, that's why I'm not trying to say too much because I think if I tell you what I think, then that might lead someone else. But I, I believe that people come into the room with a range of thoughts and beliefs and experiences yeah. and it'll affect what you, you take from a show like this. Um, it's, it's, it's quite an incredible visual spectacle. I, I was sitting in the front row when I saw the show. I'm going to come back and sit further back so I can get a broader view of it. Yeah. Um, the show passed really quickly. Uh, and I was saying just off air that, that that's for me is a compliment because a lot of shows seem to drag on. This one felt like it was over really quickly. But when you think about it, there was so much in it. It's a very dense physical show. Does it pass quickly for you? Yeah, it does. There's moments where I can think about more calmly and I'm thinking about the journey as well, what I'm doing in the show. But always in the end, I'm like, wow. Oh, well, it went. It, it's, a, it's a lovely show to do every night, even though it, it is intense and it's a solo show. So I'm sweating like a pig <laughs> all the time. Yeah. But it's still lovely to go and uh, get the feeling. I... I love audiences being so close. It's really intense. And I can see some of the faces, even though the, most of them are like in the darkness. Yeah. Backstage on the Fringe, the podcast that goes behind the scenes at the Edinburgh Festival. If you like the podcast, please subscribe or leave a review on whichever platform you access your podcast from. You can contact me on Twitter via the handle at Backstage Fringe or by email backstageonthefringe at gmail.com. But for now, back to the podcast. Yeah. What's what's your favorite part of the show to perform? Favorite part? Oh, what's my favorite part? I like the hip harness part, and then I like the uh, ropes underneath. Of, I do have a one scary point as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, there were, there were two or three points in there that I was. I kind of. One of the things that struck me last night was I think British audiences are very reserved. So in a traditional circus environment, there are points at which you might think, oh, applause will come here. And last night, there were points that I thought, oh, I would have expected applause, and it didn't come. Partly because I think British audiences are reserved, but also partly because I think that they were perhaps concerned about putting you off because we are so close to you. Yeah. Um, how do you cope with that, knowing that you've, you've worked hard on a show, You've delivered a particular piece. There may, you may be expecting a reaction, but I felt the reaction in this came right at the very end of the show. Yeah. It feel to it. How do you cope with that as a performer? I mean, funny enough, with this show, most of the performances, no one says anything before it finishes. Yesterday, there was a lot of happening, and I don't mind either way, because I feel that the show 
can be kind of a silent, so if it holds the intention, but also the clapping or the reaction, I feel like we're communicating with the audiences then. It's the, weirdly, it's the only way of, if you don't see anyone, it's the only, you can see or hear something that's the communicating way. So it doesn't put me off. I'm just relieved that, ah, actually, you know, I'm with you, you with me. So it is really nice to have some reaction, but also I don't mind if there isn't any because I've heard someone saying that they they are afraid to that something's going to happen to me if they <laughs> say something or clap. There's a lot of risk in this show. Mm. So the parts when, you, when you're on the floor and we're watching, it felt like we were watching a performance that you wouldn't burst into applause for anyway. But then there were other parts when you were taking real physical risks and I think that people were a bit cautious about whether or not it was okay, in as, like I said, in case in case you were disturbed or put off. Um, in terms of the risk, what's the risk you've taken by bringing this show to Edinburgh? Well, the risk is, of course, is a little bit um, um, money-wise, always yep, a risk absolutely. to bring the show to the fringe. I have an amazing team with me which is now holding four people. Um, one of them is leaving now after Saturday. And then there's three of us. So all of us here um, are supporting me. So that's kind of a, obviously I want to, yeah, <laughs> make this succeed for yeah. the company. We're a young company. And this is the first show also like to bring to Edinburgh. I think that's a risk, but this is for the experience and this is for the see also the show growing. So where where can it be after this full month run? Meeting new people, uh, getting the reaction from the show. So I think we only can benefit from uh, from this anyway, end of the day. Yeah. yeah. This, this show isn't a standalone circus piece. Um, I feel that there was uh, an element of physical theatre and um, there were some fantastic music in there as well. Why do you think circus and contemporary circus has had this resurgence in the last four or five years? I think in contemporary circus, you can do anything. It's not, it allows you to combine different art form or it allows you to do basically whatever you want. Or, I mean, we try to break the boundaries of presenting maybe possibly only an act. We want yeah. to develop and see where the body can go, how far it can go, and also that we can develop as an artist and show-wise. We can create a new show every year or every second year, or we don't have to live with the same act um, centuries, like 20 years, and we change the places and go. We can also do that. Um, but, um, I mean, contemporary circus, I think the word contemporary is, is at the moment not, not recognizable for everyone, but it's an art form and it's a circus and it can be everything else. It can be visual art, it can be dance, theater, yeah. It felt to me very much like a performance of a blend of things, uh, physical theater, dance, music. It, it's, it's a visual spectacle. I want to talk a wee bit more, more about risk. What do you do, or has anything ever gone wrong during a show? Well, in this show, um, nothing major, major. Um, obviously, I fall sometime on a wire. That happens because it's balance-related. Uh, ropes get tangled. Um, 
I've been having problems to go further because I had a massive knot somewhere and I needed to solve that before I can right. continue. Um, so something slightly like that um, has happened. But it all, all comes along with the show. Mm-hmm. Um, before the years, there has been some injuries, but that also comes with the business. Yeah. So it's something that you just have to face and deal with it. You look like you're having a very intense time doing the show, but it also looks like it's fun. Um, and whilst I was anxious and scared for you at various points, there were many more other points where I felt it was extremely graceful and extremely beautiful. How do you... There were, there, in terms of imagery, how do you get to develop a show that only you can perform but you need to see to then decide you want something to look different. Do you have collaborators who work with you on that? And how does that work? Yeah, it's a lot of actually filming yourself. <laughs> yeah, you do film a lot of yourself and then you watch later. And when it goes further, you might see another people or I did ask people to come along and see what do they see. Right. Is there any meaty, juicy pieces to keep involved or something? But there's also some bits and pieces what I didn't have in the show. I tried so many different things. Like you go go through enormous different kind of ideas and some of them just don't work. I wanted to have like fake snow in the, in the show as well. That's one of the things what never right. <laughs> managed to. Right. I was like, okay, fair enough. It's a nice visual in my head, but not in this show. <laughs> um, you you spending a month in Edinburgh. You've got to look after yourself physically. Um, you've, you've got this wonderful show that you, there was a good audience in last night and it's the first full week of the Fringe and things will start to build again this week. Um, what does success look like at the end of the Fringe? What's next for you, the company and the show? The next thing, we are actually having quite busy year this year. So um, straight after this, the next day when we do the last show, I will uh, fly back to Finland. Right where we are actually going to premiere a big tightwire show outdoors, which is holding six tightwire dancers inside. So that's going to premiere like after Edinburgh, Excellent. four days after. And then there's another show premiering in London in, in the beginning of October, which is a 60-minute show holding two performers inside, dealing with memory loss, contemporary circus piece. And I'm performing one of those. <laughs> Excellent. Ah. Uh, just before we finish up, there were one more question. Uh, I think music is inherent in and central to performance. Um, you watch a movie without a music, music score, and it's something completely different. And I always try and take a moment in a show to imagine that I can't hear anything and I can only see. Where did the music come from for this piece? It was totally composed. Um, Finnish composer called, called Terhi. Um, we worked together really close uh, throughout the research and creating the show and uh, she composed the whole music for the superb it creates a landscape and a soundscape that goes incredibly well with the, the, the visual within the show speaking of which where and when can we see your show we you can see the show at the sea south sea venue uh, the venue is number 58 9 p.m every night except the 14. It's a great venue, it's a lovely space, and it's just around the corner from Canada Hub, so yes. people will be able to recognise yeah. how close it is to the Canada Hub. Um, Hannah, thank you so much for talking to Backstage on the Fringe, and best of luck with the run. 
Ah, oh, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Backstage on the Fringe podcast. A new episode will be released shortly, so make sure to subscribe and you won't miss it. Thank <laughs> you.